Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. How many of you have uh, uh, thoroughly, completely enjoyed the Imagination Series. Come on, it's just something about preaching, about faith and dreaming and imaginations that releases us to another dimension. Pastor Frank asked me to speak and I, I was quickened to actually kind of do the opposite. To stop and uh, have us stop and think and remember and reflect and be thankful for what God is doing right now in our present tense reality. What is God doing in us right now? What is God doing for us right now? What is God doing through us right now? Because of our past dreams, because of our past imagination, because of our team working together and with God, what is God doing in us because of what we had dreamed and imagined and worked out in prayer and giving and work? Psalms 105, David exhorted in this song that very same principle of remembering and be thankful. Let me read it to you, Psalms 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, which we've done in worship here. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him, sing psalms to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. Talk of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. And here it is, verse 5. Remember His marvelous works which He has done, His wonders and His judgment. Remembering and being thankful are major themes in the Bible. I think remember is used over 120 times. Remembering, remember, remember. It's a big topic because you need to remember to have faith. Amen. You have to remember what he's done to have faith for what he's going to do in the future. You have to remember his promises for the future to have faith now. You have to remember what he's doing right now to be grateful and thankful for what he's doing. Thankful is used like over 110 times in the Bible. To remember and to be thankful are essential to your faith and spiritual vitality. And I want to just stop and reflect on the time and season that we're in and uh, just celebrate it a little bit, be kind of excited for what God's doing in and through us and also responsible for the momentum we have to take it to the next level. I entitled uh, this exhortation, A Time of Favor. A Time of Favor and Fear of Faith. We'll get to that. A Time of Favor can bring you fear or it can bring you faith. Let me read you a couple scary scriptures first. Nudge your neighbor and say, here comes a scary scripture. Brace yourself. Come on. It's kind of a scary scripture here. Matthew 16. Jesus talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. Hmm, smart guys. They had the Bible memorized. They were very religious. They went to church all the time. They took it very seriously. But somehow they had a blind spot. They couldn't discern the spiritual timetable. Another scary scripture, even scarier, Luke 19. Again, he's talking to the Pharisees and the crowd there. In verse 42, he says, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day or in your time, the things that make for your peace, But now they are hidden from you. They missed it. This gets really scary. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close close in on you on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. 
And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. You couldn't tell the spiritual timetable and you missed it and came into a serious bad time because you didn't know the good time that you should have been having. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says it like this. Verse 15. See then you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So you can be discerning and wise and understand your times for yourself and your country and your family, or it implies you can not be careful and you can be unwise and it's going to cost you. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is or understand what time it is. Very important concept to our spiritual health and vitality. How many have a watch on? Wave your hand if you have a watch on. 75% of people have a watch on. Why is that? The people that don't have a watch on, wave your hand at me if you know how to tell time. Of course. Because we know in our culture, unless you can tell time, you can't be successful in modern culture. Right? When do we start teaching children how to read time? Back in kindergarten, I think. We start teaching our children how to tell time in kindergarten. Because we know if they cannot understand natural time, keep time, they will not be successful in our culture. How many of you know there's a natural time, but there is also a spiritual timetable? And if you're not alert to the time and season, you can miss an opportunity. Right? Or you can miss a warning. You can miss something negative. You can miss something positive. It's about your spiritual alertness and timing and knowing spiritual time. He rebuked very smart Bible guys that went to church all the time because they missed it. And God knows and we know how busy and cluttered our lives are. <laughs> Sometimes we're just going so fast and we're just so pigeonholed, tunnel vision that we've got to step back once in a while and say, look what God has done. Look what God is doing right now. And that's what I felt in my spirit to do and to review with you. Go to Psalms 102. Pretty famous scripture about favor. It's a time of favor. Verse 13. You, God, will arise and have mercy on Zion or on your people or on your church. For the time to favor her. Come on, there's the time. The time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Your servants will take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and the kings of the earth through glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, shall build up the church, shall build up the believers around the world and in our church. He shall appear in his glory. He shall record the prayer of the destitute. He shall not despise their prayer. This will be written for a generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. A great scripture saying, hey, there is specific timetables where things move at a different pace and there's more favor than others. There's a critical mass. There's a tipping point. So I have those scales. There's a tipping point of prayer and giving and unity. There's a commanded blessing and unity. There's enough prayer. There's enough unity with God, with each other, giving. And something happens and there's a breakthrough to a growth spurt, to another dimension, to another plateau. We're in such a time and season of that around the world in our church. And I just want to stop and think about that. Luke chapter 2 said Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Acts chapter 2 talks about the early church and they were in the apostles' doctrine and they were worshiping, going house to house, giving. It was a great time. And it says right in that context of the early church, it says, and they had favor with all the people. It was a season of favor. There was a critical mass that came together that launched them into a favor with God and with all the people. A time of favor. Proverbs 16 is a very interesting scripture. It says, when a man's ways please the Lord, or a woman's, or a child's ways please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. 
What a concept. When you get so aligned with God and His Word, so aligned with your church family, something happens and lines you up that even your enemies come into peace with you. It's called favor. Quickly, let's just read through some definitions of favor and kind of the Greek and Hebrew. I just compiled these. Look at To be gracious and kind and forgiving to you and to me. To show pity and acceptance. To show pleasure and delight and goodwill. To give extra, more than deserved. How many feel the Lord's giving you more than you deserve? Come on. Obviously, Jesus came, gave His life. We know that in a general sense. But there are specific senses where you go to another level in favor. And we're in that time right now. Around the world in our church. We need to stop, remember, and be thankful about it. More definitions. To show pleasure. To show delight. To show goodwill. To show acceptance. To open doors for you and shut doors for you. Favor. To get people to like you. To get people to help you. To get people to give to you. It's favor. How many like a little more favor? Come on. It's favor. It's favor time. For the set time to favor the church around the world and here. It's now. It's now. I got some growth statistics of the worldwide church from Pastor Bob Wager, our missions pastor. He keeps up on these, and I saw these about a year ago, and I said, can I have those? And everywhere, particularly in the United States I go, I try to weave them in, because I think the body of Christ, particularly in the United States, as well as around the world, has to step back and say, look what God is doing around the world. There's a time of favor. For the set time, there's a growth spurt. The growth statistics are amazing. And I want to just stop for a minute and right at the beginning here and get the worldwide perspective of what's happening, the favor on the church. Because how many of you know you have to have the big picture sometimes to know how you align to the smaller picture, how you align and your church aligns? What's the big picture? Now look at these statistics. It's very encouraging. Let's have Africa. In 1900, 8.7 million Christians in Africa. 1970, 120 million. 2005, 389 million. Currently, 23,500 a day are coming into the kingdom. Somebody shout favor. Come on, there's some favor being poured out in Africa. God's moving by His Spirit. People are getting saved. It's very exciting. Look at that. 1900, Southern Africa was 3% Christian. Now it is 60% Christian. Hey, take a look at Latin America. 1960 million, 1970, 268 million, 2005, 512 million. Look at this. 38,200 per day coming into the kingdom of God. The set time to favor her is now. We're winning. Look at the scoreboard. Brazil, half a million annually. How about Asia? Look at Asia. 1921 million, 1970, 95 million, 2005, 344 million. Currently, 57,200 a day are coming into the kingdom. Come on, the set time is now. God's pouring out His Spirit. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. Look at those numbers in Asia. New converts, outnumbered, natural birth, 3 to 1. China now is 80 to 150 million. You can't even keep track of it. It's growing and multiplying so much in this time of favor in China. Korea is now 35% Christian. Amazing. Now, brace yourself a little bit. Put on your seatbelt because we're going to look at North America, and it can be a little discouraging at first. 1,960 million, 1,970, 169 million, 2,005, 227 million, 5,700 per day. Most of us that understand and check out statistics know that in North America, the church has been a little bit flatlined over the last couple decades. The good news is, everybody say 5,700. Come on, there's some momentum, there's some favor there. How many think God wants to build on that? 
And there's some favor there, and there's some bright, bright things happening in the United States. And so all is not lost. There's some good momentum. Look at these next statistics. They're very encouraging. Barna and all this polling. In America Weekly, 44% of all adults attend church. 83% of all adults prayed to God apart from church service. That, that's awesome. 55% of born-again Christians shared their faith with a non-Christian. So there's some momentum, but I, I think God wants momentum, more favor. All-time bestsellers in America. This is fascinating. Who would ever guess this a few years ago? The Passion of Christ, number one all-time R-rated movie. Come on, put your hands together. That's pretty exciting. Who would ever guess that? A movie about the crucifixion would be the number one all-time. Come on, there's some favor. The set time to favor in North America also. It's amazing, too, what has happened in the book world. New York Times list, 2000 to 2000, include their best list, Purpose Driven Life, and Prayer How many have read those or heard about this? Of course, everybody. It's, it's amazing. New Testament, I mean, New, New, Times, New York Times list of the top five includes C.S. Lewis, Joel Osteen, Rick Warren. Come on, there's some momentum here. It's exciting. It's a season of favor. Now, I, I particularly like these because we're a spirit-filled church. We're a charismatic church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe what Joel said. We believe what Peter says on the day of Pentecost. I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. There will be signs and wonders. Look at the growth in the spirit-filled church. The set time of favor. It's amazing what has taken place. 1900, only 0.2% of all church callers would call themselves charismatic. In 1970, it increased to 9.4% of all church growers would say they're charismatic, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, these things. 2,033.3% said they're charismatic and believed in the Spirit and Spirit moving in and through them. 2,005, 41% of all church growers say, no, we believe in the Holy Spirit's going pouring out, it's in us, and it's moving through us. Come on, put your hands together. That's pretty exciting. Come on, what time is it? Come on, let's thankful. Remember what's happening right now around the world. No matter what's happening in your life, let's back up and look at the scoreboard. Everybody shout, we're winning. Come on, we're winning. It's important to focus on this and get excited about it. The team's winning. Look at this graph. I love the presentation of this graph. You see Bob Wager tell him thank you for all these awesome statistics. From 1960 to 2000, the Spirit-filled church increased 17-fold. Come on, he's pouring out his spirit, and it's working all over the world and in the United States. Next one, look at evangelical Christianity. is expanding more than three times as fast as the world population, two times as fast as the Muslim conversions. Come on, it's exciting. Next one, the world's population today is two times what it was in 1955, while the number of born-again Christians is six times as large. This might be my favorite one. I just like the way this one lays out. Look at this. Ratios. Non-Christian to Christian ratio. Non-Christian to Christian ratio. Next one. There we go. Bible times 40,000 non-Christian to one Christian. 1,000 A.D. 270 to one. 1,921 to one. 1,970. 13 to one. 2,005. 9 to one. Come on. Put your hands together. We're winning. Look at the scoreboard. We're winning. All over the world, we're winning. Now, it's a time of favor. It's a set time to favor has come. How many of you know there's some serious favor on our own church right now? I want to talk about our own church. I want to talk now about a time of flourishing. Everybody say flourishing. It's a beautiful word. I like flourishing. It just rolls out. Flourishing. Psalms 92. Let me read you a few verses and just stop and reflect in the flourishing that's taking place in our own church right now. 
Psalms 92, verse 10 through 14. But my horn you have exalted like the wild ox. I have been anointed with the fresh oil, David said. My eye has also seen my desire on my enemies. My ear has heard the desire on the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Wow, what a promise. More new strength. The horn's a symbol of the strength. My horn, my strength. I already have strength, but it's going to another level. I love the wild ox. Come on, not some stalled, domesticated ox with its head. No, no, a wild ox. Come on, get the picture. Big horns, twinkle in the eye, kind of scary looking. Might not know what it's going to do any moment. Come on, that wild ox moving in the Holy Spirit, moving against the gates of hell, moving in love. Just that energy. How many could just take some new strength in every way? That's the promise. We're flourishing right now in every dimension of church statistics. I've been anointed with a fresh oil. Fresh means green, flourishing, prospering. A new mingling of anointing for this time and season for you individually and our church. Very exciting time. A fresh anointing. More victory and new over your enemies. Your personal enemies, maybe finance, health, whatever it is. Our corporate enemies against the kingdom of darkness. There's new victories and we're experiencing them every day. And of course, new and more growth on every hand. We are truly, completely flourishing in our church. It's a time of favor and it's a time of flourishing. Let me just rehearse just some off the top of my head. I scribbled down on my notes. Just what's happening around here the last two or three years. We are just flourishing. The last two or three years, every year, our tithes and offerings are increasing in double digits. It's favor. It's flourishing. Missions have gone, giving has gone up every year. It's flourishing. How about forward together? We are so excited. Talking about flourishing. We preach, teach that last final offering for a half a million dollars in one weekend. Come on, put your hands together. That is flourishing. That is flourishing. It's a time of flourishing individually and corporately. We've got to stop, remember, be thankful, and build our faith for what's coming up next. Missions. We've sent more people out to more places this last couple of years that I remember for the last couple of decades, we're sending people all over the world. We gave $65,000 in one lump sum to Uganda, put the roof on the church so they could have thousands of people in church. That came from us. We're flourishing. We gave 35000 in one chunk to Romania to, to do that classroom, that third floor, whatever it was. Talking about flourishing. Bill and Joanne Scheidler, long-term pillars here, went to start a Bible training center in Johannesburg. He's already got 30, 40 students. The thing is flourishing. We're flourishing. The thing we don't talk about much is publications. Our publications, 100,000 books went out around the world. 20,000 media packages, 120,000 little missionaries flourished all over the world. That came from us. We're flourishing. Every dimension. Gen Church is amazing. We got three services on Wednesday night. Talking about flourishing. Doug's flourishing a little too much. Come on. We got four or five hundred here on Rocky Butte. A hundred and fifty or so on 217. Then we go downtown to Portland State for another couple hundred. Everybody shout flourishing. Come on. We're flourishing. It's amazing. Six thousand young people and youth pastors come to our Jenna Leash conference. Another five thousand come to the Breakthrough conference because we're flourishing and people know we're flourishing. And it's a time to brag on the Lord and see what's happening and be grateful. Can I hear an amen? Come on, we're flourishing. To be excited about this is important. That in some way we don't get so focused on the little world. We don't step back and say, "Look what God is doing in and through us." It is so awesome. 
Her standing in gap in measure 36 was mind-boggling. It, it, it was flourishing. We have now over 5,000 people who call City Bible Church their home. This is, this is, this is mind-boggling for me because it just accumulates. We had 4,700 visitors to City Bible Church last year. Put your hands together. Come on, that's flourishing. Let's not take that for granted. That is flourishing. We are flourishing. More partnership class, more membership class. It is flourishing in every, every dimension. We're flourishing. Now, it's a time of favor. It's a time of flourishing. And I want to go to my next. Everybody say fast. As in speed. And it's all happening very quickly. It's very quickly. I have a scripture for you. Psalms 105. It's a great scripture. Pretty famous scripture. Verse 17 says this. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with feathers. They laid him in iron. Until the time. Come on, there's a time. There's a timing in God. It's a mystery. There's a timing. Until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Now look at the favor. Then the king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go. Favor. And made him lord over his house and ruler over his possessions. Flourishing. To bind princes at his pleasure and teach the elders his wisdom. Come on, there's favor, there's flourishing, and it is fast. He went from the prison to the palace in one day. Come on, that's fast. God can turn around your situation with one touch, one word. You've got to always remember that no matter where you are, how deep, how wide, maybe you're not flourishing. Maybe you don't feel like you're in favor. That can change in one day, one touch, one prayer, one open day. Come on, it can change just like that. It's fast. And I want to just talk about fast because it's exciting to me. For us to stop and look at not just the favor around the world, not just the favor on us, not just the flourishing, but how fast it's coming. It's exciting and it's kind of challenging how fast it is. I just want to talk about 217 for a minute. I want to talk about Vancouver. And the reason I can talk about 217 is because the Rocky Butte Church family had a dream, had a vision, prayed, worked, and gave because they saw a campus on 217 in Tiger. That's what he's been preaching about. It would have never been there if we wouldn't have believed and seen and given to it. But it's there now. Just think how fast that happened. Talking about a man who came to the kingdom for such a time as this is Bruce Wood. Thank God for Bruce Wood. Come on. The right time, right place, favor, flourishing. Knowing the right people at the right time. You know, just to rehearse quickly that that 217 property, 20 other religious organizations tried to get that property and couldn't get it. Then right at the right time, a favor, the set time when the developer couldn't make it happen anymore and was willing to turn it over, Bruce Wood just happened to be there at the right time, just happened to know that person at the right time. And talk and hook that up. And the owner who's back east, just in one decision, decided, I want to sell that property. And all of a sudden, we had probably one of the best, if not the best, location for a campus in Tigard at 217 and 99. Come on, somebody put your hands together if you think that. Favor is flourishing and it's fast. And look at the speed of that whole thing. It was favor. The purchase price, it was undervalued. It was a purchase price. It was unbelievable. The way we got into lease, the way we purchased this was favor. The zoning and permits. How many of you know nowadays it's not easy to get zoning and permitting, especially if you're a church? 
talking about how fast the zoning permits. We just marched right through there, started remodeling, and before you know it, we're having church. That's a miracle. That's favor, and that's fast. The attendance was unbelievable. We started, we did one or two services on Sunday morning, said we've got to start another one. We did one or two double services on Sunday, said we've got to start a Saturday night. Then we did a couple Saturday nights, said we've got to have a second Saturday night. And then we said we have to have a Spanish service. Come on, it was fast, it was flourishing, and it was exciting. It's a time of favor and flourishing. Come on, get excited about it. The tithes and offerings, we, we budgeted and we were trying to figure out how it paid for itself. The tithes and offerings came in so quickly, it paid for itself sooner than we thought. Come on, it's fast. God's in a hurry. Now we've sold the back acres, working that through, $2.4 million. Come on, that's fast, that's flourishing, and that's favor. We're zoned for a thousand seat sanctuary, sticking right out there over 217. Come on, and 99 to the glory of God to be a salt and light and tiger. Come on, that's fast, that's flourishing, and that's favor. How about Vancouver? Now, we have Vancouver not only because Rocky Butte campus, now 217 campus, they had a dream, they had a vision, they had an imagination for a campus in Vancouver, just like 217. Because they're praying and giving and believing, guess what? Favor, flourish, fast in Vancouver. Same thing. Unbelievable story in Vancouver. It's so fast. It's so favorable. We're looking over there for a year and a half or two years looking for property. Couldn't find it. It's so flourishing over there in a natural sense. Every school has a church in it. Every building is rented or being sold. We had to have one big enough over there because we have 800 people already. It was a big problem. Come on, but in one open door moment, it's fast. Uh, the skating rinks come for sale. Just happened to make a phone call to Bruce Wood. He just happened to hear about it. Talking about favor, open door, flourishing. In one day, we locked the thing up. I live in Vancouver. The Vancouver site is just as good, if not better, than 217 for Vancouver. Anybody for Vancouver, shout amen. It's true. It's true. It's unbelievable, favorable location. Again, the favor on the price. Unbelievable good price for that square footage and that location. Unbelievable. Again, the speed of the zoning and permits is almost embarrassing. In Vancouver, it takes like a year, year and a half to build anything. In a few months, God willing, it looks like we're going to be remodeling in July. And we're going to be doing church in January. I can't tell you how much favor that is and how fast that is for our current culture. It's a time of favor, the time of flourishing, and it's coming fast. It's so exciting. And I believe attendance and everything else is going to be just like 217. Can I hear an amen? Come on, because it's a season we're in. I just have to read quickly a couple excerpts for articles. How many of you know... That that newspaper isn't real good at giving good ink to churches. Come on, it's just the way it is. We don't have to be mad about it. It's just the way it is. But the Columbian, the newspaper over in Vancouver, they did this article. It's kind of front page in this one section about us purchasing the ice skating rinks. And then the Vancouver Business Bureau did favorable articles. I just want to read a couple things here that they wrote. Here's Bruce Woods, quoted by uh, Bruce Wood. He says, our excitement is blending the uses, blending the uses. The officials over there said, under the conditions that the sale was finalized on Wednesday, 55,000 uh, square foot building, it's actually bigger than that, will become part church and part hockey barn. I kind of like that. And they, they, they're happy we're blending it because that hockey uh, rink is very important over there and they're going over how cool it is and all of this. And here's a quote from Robert. I just love that he put the church administrator, uh, Robert Jameson, 
City Bible Church has about 5,000 members in the region, about 800 in Clark County. says we've been looking for a facility for a couple years. Here's what Robert says. And they print it. Jameson said, the ice rink building is a good fit because it helps the church connect with Clark County community. And we'll introduce the ice rink activities to our church members. It's a place for the community to come. Our church is the same way. We're open to everyone. Come on. And I love this. This this is talking about, again, somebody in the community kind of bragging on the church, bragging on the partnership. Here's what he says. He said, the partnership with City Bible Church will benefit the rink, particularly since they have made a commitment to maintain and, and make improvements in the area space of the arena. Its members uh, will become, uh, maybe become possible customers in advertising at the rink. And I love this sentence, and it's prophetic. The challenge will be in the scheduling around the large crowds at the church. Come on, put your hands together if you agree with him. Come on, it's a prophetic word. Talking about favor. He's even predicting the large crowds and the flourishing. Pretty exciting. Now, I want to just, next ten minutes here, I want to, kind of go to another scary scripture. Nudge your neighbor and say, oh, another scary scripture. It's recorded in every gospel. It's kind of a, a scary story. It's about the five loaves and two fishes. And most of us know this story, so I'll just kind of paraphrase it and get to the point. Jesus and his disciples, their ministries were so successful, the crowds were following them around everywhere. They tried to go to a deserted place just to get away, but the crowds and the, it says the great multitudes followed them. And they, we know the story, and they follow them out in the wilderness, and the disciples just say, hey man, it's getting late in the afternoon, and these people are getting hungry, and we better send them away to get something to eat. Because we don't have enough food, and we don't have enough money to feed them, let's just send them away. And the bottom line was, we're having too much success, too fast, we better just send them away. It's a scary scripture. Even his own disciples are saying, hey, too much favor, too much flourishing, it's too fast. And kind of a selfish, maybe, natural, fearful thought gets in. Come on, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough, we're not rich enough. Let's send them away. I just felt by the Spirit of the Lord just prophetically to impart to the church just to resist this lie of the devil. That we not subconsciously or consciously receive any thought that God's grace is not sufficient and that we can't move and take care of everybody God brings to us. Can I hear an Amen. We're challenging this right now in this scripture right now. And Jesus said, well, what do you have? And he said, well, we've got this little boy's lunch of five loaves and two fish. He says, well, bring it to me. And he takes the five loaves and two fish and he multiplies it. And, of course, we know the story. He feeds 5,000 men plus women and children with 12 baskets full, one for each disciple who were in unbelieving that there wasn't enough. So what's it teach us? We can be in fear or we can be in faith in a time and season of favor and flourishing and great speed. It gets kind of intimidating sometimes to our natural mind. But we're not going to be in fear. We're going to be in faith. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Let's just, for a minute, as I kind of close the thought down, let's just talk about what we have. It says we have five loaves and two fish. It's more than enough. When we give it and God multiplies it. Zechariah 4.10 is a very interesting scripture. It says, don't despise the day of small things. Don't despise the day of small things. Come on, one smooth, small stone took down Goliath, right? One little boy's lunch at 5,000 people plus women and children. Don't despise. Now, 
Let's just talk about that little boy for a minute. That little boy just gave his lunch. That little boy didn't give all the food for the rest of his life. He just gave his lunch at that moment. I think sometimes the devil, when we're thinking about giving to people money, time, prayers, or energy, the devil says, oh, you're going to have to give all this too much. You're going to have to give so much you won't have any left. The devil's a liar. He's always a liar. He gets you to focus on the wrong information. You don't have to give everything. You have very, very rarely does God ask you to give everything. Now, He wants that in attitude. He wants that in spirit. When it comes to practicality, He only wants 10% and and tithes and offerings. And a little more in tithes and offerings. That little boy gave his part. And how many of you know about that little boy? He probably ate that day anyway. Come on now. Come on. He ate that day anyway. What is your five loaves and two fishes? We have 4,700 visitors. The Lord isn't saying, you take care of all of them. He might be saying, how about you? This year, make it a goal. To befriend one visitor. To encourage one visitor. Help one visitor get planted in the church. What, what if you just, your five loaves and, and two fishes, just, just one. Open up your life and your heart and your time to just one person. You know, after this, we go out and we fellowship out in our cafes and we talk and, and it's wonderful. And we go and we go in our church family uh, relationships, our natural family, and we catch up with each other and we talk and it's fun and, and it's exciting. How many love that? And we love that people stand around here, talk for a half hour, hour. We got to kick them out of here for the next service. That's a beautiful thing. But what if the Holy Spirit said, hey, how about you giving up maybe just 10 minutes of that time and go find a new person? A visitor, or go find somebody you don't know and, and, and include them in your circle. Just five loaves and two fish. He's not saying, don't talk to any of your friends. Don't catch up with any of your friends. He says, no, just five loaves and two fish. How about that work day, uh, steak and rake? He didn't say, I want you to give up every Saturday for the rest of the year. No, he said, this is just one Saturday. Just give five loaves and two fish. You just give up one Saturday morning, have a barbecue, and it transformed that campus. See, the enemy just kind of gets you to think, oh, I can't do that, I don't have time, I'm not good enough, or whatever. You know, your prayer is good enough. Can I hear an amen? Your testimony is good enough. You don't have to have a four-year Bible college degree to tell how good God is and what He's done for you. Come on, you don't have to be a prophet, the son or daughter of a prophet, to pray a prayer of faith over somebody. You don't even have to be having a good day to put your arm around somebody and give them a word of encouragement. Can I hear an Amen. How many of you know, even you have a bad day and you give five loaves and two fish and encourage it to somebody else, you might have a better day. <laughs> How many think that little boy had a good day? It's quite, I bet he never forgot about it. And he ate that day, by the way. Come on, think about it. Some of you might be asked by the Holy Spirit right now to give up a couple nights a month to lead a small group or go be part of giving and receiving in a small group. He's not talking for every night of the week. He's just couple times a month we have some faithful people that come and call and minister on the phone uh, twice a week and some of them just come once a week the Holy Spirit's not saying give me every night to call visitors just one night what if everybody just kind of got in the faith concept that we're, it, it, it's a time of favor it's a time of flourishing it is very fast it is kind of scary but if everybody at the right time in the right way just added up their five loaves and two fish how many think there's probably going to be more than enough isn't that right Lord we come as City Bible Church family and we come as individuals and we thank you for this 
time and season of favor of your church around the world, especially in our church. God, we thank you that we're flourishing by your mercy, by your grace, by your Holy Spirit and word and the unity and the excitement. We don't take it for granted. Thank you for the flourishing in every dimension. And God, it's kind of scary, but we're kind of excited. It's happening so fast. (laughs) And it just seems to be getting faster. And God, we resist any fear and any unbelief. We will not be conformed to fear and unbelief. We will not say, send them away. No, we won't. We'll be in faith and we'll say, our five loaves and our two fish is more than enough to meet the great multitude with plenty left over. Lord, I just thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you. Our unity, our teamwork is more than enough. God, we visualize the fishing net now, just collecting the fish and helping bring in the harvest. God, I pray for the one on right and left right now that they would be encouraged. And even if they're not in a time of flourishing individually right now, that they would be encouraged that the body of Christ is going forward. They're in the momentum of that and things are going to get better for them too. God, I pray blessing on the one on right and left for this week. It would be a great week for them. And they will flourish and they will tell what you're doing in them and for them and through them and share your love all week long. We impart that kind of faith to them in Jesus' name.